Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know your dog on a genetic level with an Embark Dog DNA test. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark analyzes twice as much genetic data as the competition, screens for over 210 genetic health risks, and tests for 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DOG, that's D-O-G, to get $40 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DOG to save today. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CAPITAL200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CAPITAL200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We can uh, talk about that first. The nice uh, Okay. Bring it up if you want. Yeah. yeah. But I should have everything. At least one of everything. Except for Hogan and Blair. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Corner 2, Corner C, 2C Radio Show. Right here on Spreaker.com. And, of course, rebroadcasting in the replay rotation over at BeyondRingside.com. It's myself, Stan Grubb, and my tag team partner this evening, Brian Taylor. What's up? What's going on? Living living the dream life, sir. We are living the dream and the high life all at the same time. NFL season is officially underway. We had some interesting games out there. We got, gosh, we got headed to Clash of Champions. We got a little bit of the bubbly going on here at C2C. And, uh, hey, we got some news about some buy rates. We got some ratings and buy rates to talk about a little bit. But I thought I'd start us off with, uh, yeah, something a little different. We don't talk about this all that much on the air. And, sure. you know, we get into gaming. We talk about, like, the video games and stuff. But we don't really talk about some of the other stuff, at least not since maybe we talked to uh, old Tom Filsinger with uh, – Champions of the Galaxy and his awesome card game and dice game. But uh, many, many people that know myself, Brian, and Rob. Rob's out this evening. He'll be back with us next weekend. But uh, 
anybody that knows us knows that we love pretty much anything that has to do with wrestling, including games, whether it's video games or trading card games. So one of the things that I was able to do to celebrate my birthday this past week was to acquire a booster box and some promo packs of WCW Nitro, the trading card game. Now, this game came out in 2000, and when this game came out, it was brought out by Wizards of the Coast. So, you had, at the time, one of the top gaming companies in the world putting out a a card game for wrestling, which... Before that, I don't think there's there had been a wrestling attempt in the trading card games. Uh, Raw? I think Raw deal was out first. Well, let me take a look at that, because that actually was something that, that came out right around the same time. So, introduced in 2000 is what Raw deal shows. And let's see here. Trading card game, Nitro. Nitro was introduced in 2000. No, in... Oh, wait, that's uh, the regular top set. 2000 also. So they came out right around the same time. Hmm. All right. So Nitro, when it came out, um, I think the WCW was trying to finish their... Basically their merchandising plan in an effort to get more people um, behind their product as they were going forward. Because while, yes, it's it's common knowledge that WCW was going downhill in 2000, they certainly weren't out of the game. And they certainly weren't falling apart at the seams completely at that point. But I would say that there was room for discussion at a lot of points of how they were doing things. In this case, though, what we're seeing happen is Raw Deal is immensely popular, and WCW Nitro was immensely popular, but the way that it all rolled out and the way things happened, Nitro was kind of the the trendsetter, but it came out with a lot of the flavor of of how Magic used to play. And for those of you that play Magic... um, you would understand that the topic of mana, when you put it out there, is basically your your currency where you're able to cast and play different cards. Well, Nitro was a, 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 on the same realm. There was kind of the same attitude. It used, instead of mana, it was called Nitro. So you had your Nitro cards, you had action cards, you had corner cards, um, you had thunders, which were your blue cards that you'd use to block. And you had maneuvers and superstars and specific maneuvers that those superstars could do, like uh, Nash's jackknife powerbomb. So that's kind of the the long and short of it. Brian, would, is there anything that you would think of adding as far as the bio on that? Oh, you're you're asking the guy with no memory to <laughs> help you. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to make sure I don't leave out any any major detail. But uh, yeah, for the most part, that's kind of the background. So let's fast forward it and talk a little bit about what what it actually was for us. So we bought into it immediately. Uh, it came out, and it, we were fortunate enough to find it actually at oh god, what was that store called? It wasn't a Wizards of the Coast store. This was a store inside Spotsylvania Mall. 
before it was Spotsylvania Town Center. Um, well, so. yeah, but didn't we buy a booster or something? And we we, I think we bought a couple packs pretty quick. Yeah, we we got into the starter pack. Not packs, but boxes. Yeah, yeah, we we jumped whole head first <laughs> into this game. We got uh, starter packs, which was the starter packs was just Jeff Jarrett and um, Buff Bagwell. Which hey, if you're WCW and you want everybody to see your game, who do you put on the cover? Jeff Jarrett. And was it Buff. Jeff Jarrett? Buff? Yeah, the two-player starter set was Jeff Jarrett and Buff Daddy. <laughs> we should have known. We should have known that they were doomed to fail at that very moment. Um, but the game itself had a lot of a lot of promise, and the playability of it was super simple. We picked up this game um, pretty well as soon as it came out. And, Brian, what did it take us, 15, 20 minutes to learn how to play? Mm, well, to play, but not to play right okay that's true (laughs) we had we had some hard lessons to learn (laughs) with wcw nitro uh we we actually we started we found a hookup through potomac distributions or distributors and they they carried it the entire run and we were buying booster boxes from them what one a month um I don't, I I say we probably bought uh three or well you had to buy you had to buy boosters to get enough uh, nitro cards to build decks and we had decks for everybody mm-hmm. and I think we even made it up so um I mean we were buying we bought quite a bit of them yeah we we were buying them. Pretty mass quantities. It was we. I, yeah. I would say it's it's easily we had over three hundred cards in less than a month. Um, and Brian's absolutely right. We had a deck for every single superstar that was out there. And then when myself and my younger brother went on vacation, we went ahead and because we took some cards with us, we got bored there. So we actually created our own cards. And nitro abilities and all of that, and that was the most fun. That was like the first time I ever tried my hand at like creating an actual card, but that was neat. So we did that, and then this the the mythological, the <laughs> often sought after, the hard to find, the hardcore edition of WCW comes out, and I mean it, it featured it was to feature Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Scott Steiner, Vampiro, Terry Funk. Tank Abbott and Norman Smiley and Brian Knobs. I believe that's everybody. So this this set, the the hardcore set comes out and almost as soon as the set comes out, we find out WCW is closing up shop. So the hardcore boosters were out for what, maybe 3 months. Yeah, it wasn't long. And we tried. We tried our hardest to get as many booster sets as we could. We got like three or four. But in all of the ones that we got, we got almost all of them with the exception of like, there was Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. And Hogan is apparently like the chase card 
for this set. Everything I've ever looked up about this set. And of course, if you look it up on Google right now, and it, and a lot of this is a whole lot of, you know, gamer speak. So some of you are like, uh, where's where's the wrestling? We're getting there, I promise. Um, but yeah, so Hogan was like the chase card. You had like a one in a ten thousand or some crazy statistic number of finding his card. But you could definitely find his leg drop, and you could find tons of Ric Flair's figure four and Steiner recliners. <laughs> Superstar well, not so much, but Hogan also had uh, another one too. He had the leg drop, and I just saw it. There were he had another move. Um, I forget. I just saw it like five minutes ago. That's how bad my memory is. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, especially with with Nitro though, if you don't see like those images, um, you don't really have a chance to really remember it because it's been so long. However, this this past week I was uh, happy enough to celebrate my forty first birthday, and as a gift, I was able to acquire, and it's due here. Tomorrow, can't wait to get it in my hands. A hardcore booster and not booster pack, but booster box. box. Correct, booster box, which is like literally the harder thing to find. Um, And the other thing that I got, which is really cool, I can't wait to check these out, are promo packs. Now, promo packs used to be distributed to game stores for their tournaments, and we'll we'll talk about that in just a second because we we did try our hand at a tournament. Mm. I thought one of us did surprisingly well for the tournament. However, uh, I don't think we knew all the quirky little tournament rules or something. <laughs> yeah, we. I think much, much like with what we did. Although I think we did really well with Raw Deal. Once we got that, got into that, it was just more once Raw Deal started doing the. Um, the horizontal cards that was like the backlash deck or whatever it was called, we kind of got bored of that. That kind of got annoying. Um, but the way that, and, and I'm catching myself right now trying to track down images of the Nitro cards, the images of them are almost just as hard to find as the actual cards themselves, by the way. Um, so anyhow, yeah, I, I've got these coming in. The, the promo packs that I was talking about, these were packs distributed out for like prizes uh, for tournaments. So the promo packs would come in a, a clear packaging, like a clear pa- plastic cellophane kind of thing, and you'd see the back of, of the card and the front of one of the rare cards. But in these promo packs, the cool part was you had a chance for a possible either superstar or superstar finisher. <coughs> So I have my fingers crossed that the elusive Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair cards will hopefully, upon opening on tomorrow, be in our collection. And we can finally put this horrible beast to bed. <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, so literally, I currently possess one of each card, right? Mm-hmm. So out of all the cards we had... Um, because the collection was so massive, we stopped playing it. Uh, ultimately, I decided to keep one of each card, and right 
Rob got the rest of them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we had plenty of extra superstars and moves and everything else. Mm-hmm. And Rob wanted it for, for the kids, for his boys. So everything went to him except for one of each. And unless there's a card that we're overlooking, uh, the only two we need are Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. So should anybody be listening with a Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair Nitro, uh, let Stan know he may plunk down a lot of money and buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kind of guy when it comes to a collection, I want to. I want the collection. I want to end it right. And when it comes well, this to- one, I mean, this one's literally 19, 20 years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's taken that long. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. That's the crazy part. So, like, <laughs> if you ask Robert Bryan, they'll, you, you can see any time, if you look in our little chat, I'm always like, hey, guys, guess what I found? And then, of course, it's just like 100 or 150 bucks for a box, right? So they're like, nah, it's too much. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So I don't touch it. Well, this one was significantly less. And I actually was able to communicate with the seller because he originally had it around 100 bucks. But I was able to communicate with him and get it down to a, a manageable price for a birthday present. And I tell you what, I gotta thank uh, I have to thank my fiance for bearing with me through the collection madness. Because <laughs> I, I did harass her just a little bit. Honey, honey, guess what I found? Honey. <laughs> She's like, I don't know what this is, but okay. Well, it's a good thing that you didn't have you you don't have this for raw deal anymore <laughs> oh my god could dude i'd be single i'd be single <laughs> i'd be single yeah. alone and broke i'd be in the poorhouse because raw deal so wwe's raw deal lasted okay and it lasted for over a decade it was that well no close to a decade um, but it was very yeah. good and, and and they would come out with see whereas nitro come out with only two sets and they had uh, what about eight wrestlers per set? Yep, yep. And then you know you just had to find them in the pack. Whereas WWE was smarter, and they would come out with four to six boxes, mm-hmm. booster boxes of a particular wrestler. And so one series may have Shawn Michaels, Triple H, the tag team of Road Dog, Jesse James, X Pac. And so if you wanted the set, you'd have to go buy five individual boxes, and then you'd have to go dive into the booster sets. For finishers. To get yeah. The finishers and the special cards. And so that might be like the DX uh, set. And then so there would be a, a, a booster set of DX. So And literally you may have two or three per year. And, I mean, they were, they were pretty clever. They're – they're very good on marketing and making money. Oh, it gets better. I mean, that's how it was. <laughs> and then the tens, the special sets. Yeah. Yeah. We, I know, all of us plunked down ridiculous amounts of money, but there was a point in time where I, I freely admit that I was just out of control with this game. And every yes. single chance I had for booster boxes – uh, new sets, collectible tins, whatever the case was, I was after it. And I had it for the most part, although after I think about 2005, I just kind of stopped because I just, 
it was it it did finally get to a point much like Nitro, but it just took a lot longer. Um, that it just was it just too expensive. But we had a point where we had played competitively, myself, Rob, and Brian, with Raw Deal every single Monday night. We would get together when Raw was on or when Raw and Nitro were on, and we would play. And we would play the entire show. <laughs> we would do pay-per-view cards. We would do um, – we had all the belt cards, which were hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Um. And ultimately what happens here, and this is just more of a sign of the times, when Nitro came out, Raw Deal was due to come out shortly after. And now now that we were talking about it, I kind of remember what happened. So Nitro was due first. It came out. And then when Raw Deal came out, their game mechanic was actually... Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? (laughs) Of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. (laughs) Different than the way it was laid out. But when it first happened, it was supposed to be the same. Apparently, someone who put together the the game mechanic for Nitro had come from Comic Images, which was the company that made Raw Deal, which made WWE sue WCW and win for the right to the game mechanic, which is why Raw Deal apparently lasted longer than Nitro. But yep, that's a little bit of a uh, little bit of fandom history here for the corner to corner fans in the back. We see you. We and thank you. <laughs> I still have in my possession I want to say probably 20 to 30 I think it's 20 to 30 raw deal sets. Mm-hmm. Individual wrestler sets with the the wrestler the special cards, uh, any number of special cards from any number of different sets, uh, title belts. Um, I think we had a couple autographs yeah. from them, didn't we? Uh, well, I know Gangrel was one that I still have. Um, I don't. I don't remember any others. I think Gangrel was. Uh, somehow or another, you got a hold of it, and then I got it from you or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was like a, a gift or or what. But uh, you now you may have had some too. Now that you bring it up, I mean, we may have had a, a few that were actually autographed. I think you've got them. Well, if you remember correctly, I had a major like pipe burst flood at my house when I was uh, when we had all of our cards basically in storage. But a majority of mine got destroyed. 
Now, the ones that mm-hmm. Brian has that I had is he, you've got the Gangrel, but you've also, I believe, you've got the Raven set. So I had a set of Raven cards from Raw Deal that were all autographed. No. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, can, we can go look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we can talk about other things while I look, but holy cow, I'm going to be pissed if <laughs> <laughs> Because at one point, at one point, we had the we had the entire set, and again, it was about two thousand five, two thousand six ish, where we just I think all of us were just like, nah, this is just too much. Because it was just it was just sets after sets after sets, and it was more yeah. and more more and more starter sets, more and more redoing of different characters, which was annoying. Um, how many times can you remake the Undertaker? You got the dead yeah, man, more and big more. Evil. Yeah, it was annoying. Special tens, uh, you know, and and with, it just got it got ridiculous. Yeah, with the tens, you didn't get like exclusive cards that were like good. Like there was one that was just ridiculous. It was uh, um, absolutely raw and extremely SmackDown. No, absolutely raw and Ultimate SmackDown. And we're like, we're like, cool, that sounds cool. And they had Eric Bischoff and and Paul Heyman. And like this could be neat. And it turned out to be some like six man tag kind of crap. And it was horrible. It just played awful. It was just not fun. But that's kind of the rundown on that. It was uh, the elusive collections. I mean, if you the, one of these days we'll do an episode about um, the classic superstars that we tried to collect. That Brian and Rob ultimately finished out the collection. I had to tap out quite quickly because that stuff was that was insane. Those sets and the uh, the TNA figures that. Well, you know what we should do is one of these days we should talk about our favorite toy sets and talk about how like when WCW and WWE came out with their different figures and ECW that we would go after those because we still got a pretty good collection of those floating about. I've got my Hasbro style, which is like the retro WWE Mattels and the old school ones. I've got those still too. And I was able to get some, so like the old Hasbros, like I've got L- LOD, I got the Legion of Doom. Now, granted, they're not mint on cards. I don't have, before any of our listeners freak out, no. I, I don't have the $1,000 mint on card editions because, you know, I'm collecting them for me. I'm not collecting them to sell them. Um, and plus, my son likes to play with them every now and again. Not very often, though. Um, but at the same point, like, I've got um, I've got Doink the Clown, which you really can't find anywhere. i got a... Um, the Steiner Brothers, which was one of my personal favorites when I was a young one. Um, gosh, what else? What were some of the cooler Hasbro ones? Um, Hasbro. Uh, I don't know about Hasbro, but I do have almost the entire Toy Biz WCW. That I run of action figures. There's was one. Great. Yeah, there's one subset that was like European that came out. Well, it came out like it, it was like the last set, and it wasn't really. It was hard to find over here, mm-hmm. but apparently you, it was found pretty easy overseas. Um, so I'm missing that one. Um, and I think I have one or two that are busted, but. 
I think um, of the sets that we enjoyed collecting the most, I think the WCW one was the most fun. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I don't have Raven. Ooh. Eh, might have been a victim I of the fun. But I do have uh, Eddie. I have an Eddie. I have a Chris Benoit. Uh, Sable, Lita, Sable, Chris around here, Kurt Angle. Hey, well, let me check some of these boxes. Some of the boxes may not be right, but a Ric Flair, Rikishi, Kaz, Big Papa Pump, uh, the Outsiders. Now we, you've got the decks that were left. And I believe you've got all of the decks that were complete, all of the championship decks. I know that you had, at one point, Brian had the tag team champions, he had the world champion, the U.S. champion, and the intercontinental champion all at the same time. And the and the ladies' title. I think I do have all the titles. Yeah. So let's see. Here's the outsiders with the tag belts. So there's the tag belts. Uh, Chris, I think, was the ladies' champ. Now, the tag belts and the titles, those were promos for tournaments. Now, don't get confused. We didn't play in the Raw Deal tournaments. We weren't that stupid. Um, <laughs> we we went ahead and just waited until after they came out on eBay. And, uh, yeah, I bought them. I bought them up. <laughs> Uh, yep, there's the women's title. Uh, and then what were the other ones? The world? Is that Flair? Or, no, that might have been Steiner. No, I believe Steiner show. was the guy that was kind of ridiculous. And yeah, then the- Steiner was, Steiner was hard to beat. Yeah. I, I had that, I had that deck pretty good. Uh, anyway, I'll I'll keep looking. I'll find it. I'll see. I'll see what we got here. I always one of my biggest things that I that I like to see is when when something unique comes out in wrestling and like the card games and like Champions of the Galaxy, you know, by Tom Filsinger. Uh, the those kinds of things are so much fun to collect for me because there's just only a few of them out there. Um, and it's still it, back then. It was such a niche audience that you had maybe the same ten thousand to fifteen thousand p- players, and that was kind of it. But they were coming out in such rapid fire amounts that it just was wow. It was a lot. But yeah, Steiner has. Yeah, I have Steiner with the IC title. Um, I think Angle may have had a title too. I think I may have all the titles. I'm, I mean, because I don't think the there was a U.S. title. Loose. <clears throat> maybe, maybe there was. But yeah, when, angle. when you look at all of the different games that that have come out, I mean, I've got role playing game books, and I, I love collecting those. I've got um, the original that came out in like '93 for WWF. I've got a role playing game book for that. And then I've got the one that came out during the Ruthless Aggression era. And then I've got 
one that's called the Squared Circle, which was an independently made one. Um, and then I actually I found another one that I bought that was only like three dollars, but it's a digital version. <laughs> so I got a bunch of these random, you know, obscure wrestling games that that I always try to track down. I always try to find the neat stuff. And most of the time, me and the guys will sit down and at least try to play it at least once. I hope you didn't hear that. That was, that was an accident. It sounded like it hurt. Nah. It didn't <laughs> hurt me. So, that's kind of our, our little spin on, on the games and stuff that we love to play. Of course, WWE 2K20 coming out. The SmackDown edition is the big collector's edition this year. And it is a huge, huge set. It's got, of course, the the game itself has Becky Lynch and Roman Reigns on the cover. Um, wow, it's the uh, the guinea pig extraordinaire there letting his voice be heard. <laughs> He's fine. Um, but we've got, uh, let's see, the SmackDown edition has it has SuperCard exclusives, which you've heard us talk tons about Super WWE SuperCard, um, and that is supposed to be. If I read it right, and Brian, you can let me know if I'm off on this, but that's supposed to be um, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Sasha, and Bailey, isn't it? No. Uh, well, I guess you. I guess we don't know until it comes out. But it's uh, um, look. You can look at the picture. Uh, off the website, and um, uh, it'll kind of show. You can see by the blurred images who it is. Of those are the ones that are coming with the set. Uh, okay. Yep, I see it. So, in looking at the, we're we're just at WWE.com right now, and in looking at the images, you've got Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch. The Rock and Mankind. So you got the Rock and Sock connection there and, and uh, Becky and Roman. It appears that these special editions will be um, probably SummerSlam 19 tier cards, uh, which is the top tier currently. Then, of course, you're going to get <clears throat> the Backstage Pass, the Accelerator, all of those different things. The coolest parts of this collector's pack, in my opinion, outside of the Supercard exclusives, is the autograph pieces. And these autograph pieces, you get a limited edition WWE SmackDown ring skirt relic piece from 2002 to 2008. And then you get a limited edition SmackDown legend autograph plaque, either Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, or Edge. That's going to be cool. Uh, yeah. I'm not... I'm not super excited that there's three different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd almost be nice if they put them all on one, but, I mean, I can... They probably bumped the number up this year compared to the last few years of these super editions. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, and again... This is a more of a SmackDown as opposed to like last last year was Flair and uh, Charlotte, so that was geared more towards an actual person. 
whereas this is a celebration of SmackDown itself. So, I mean, I can see why they probably wanted to put some more out there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how well the sales do, because each year, WWE makes a pretty good amount of money off of 2K. Um, and, and this year, I mean, I expect that it's going to be pretty good as well. They do have a lot of bonus items that they included with this. So I guess we will see as to how it plays out. I did read a report. This one just came in last week. Uh, Kenny Omega confirming that All Elite Wrestling will be announcing a video game very soon, probably within the next few months. That could be cool. We do know that uh, Ukes is no longer doing business with WWE. So, Yeah, that, that would be my guess. It would be Ukes. Um, so, I could see that. Um, yeah, I could see that. Although, you never know. It could surprise you. It could be one of these companies that, you know, never really made one up until now. And it could be somebody out of Japan. You know, it's hard to say, but I'll be interested to see when that comes out. Do you remember the game Legends of Wrestling? And I think it was Activision yes. that brought it out. I still have all three, yes. Those were fun. They were different. They played yeah. differently. The controls were were easy to pick up. I really liked those. And they, they truly had Legends. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, you weren't going to play, but they're WWE. Thanks, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't put legends in your games. (laughs) You couldn't make like a wrestle, you know, best of WrestleMania or something and just have nothing but people that were at WrestleMania. Well, that'd be kind of cool. But after you get past like Sam Houston, who's left? Huh? Huh? (laughs) <laughs> no, but I mean, think about it. So you have what is this WrestleMania thirty five coming up next year or thirty six? Yeah, thirty six. So thirty six years of people that have been on WrestleMania it includes the pre show. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure that roster would be bigger than what the roster would be now as far as a wrestling game and. And if you couldn't find somebody to use, you probably should go back to something else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was there were times back in the day that you know WCW and NWO Revenge and World Tour, where they had what sixty, seventy different people. Um, WWF uh, No Mercy, of course, which is one of our favorites to this very day. Um, you know, uh, WrestleMania 2000, those games had just crazy amounts of wrestlers and, and different things. But Legends of Wrestling stood out because it made you actually work your way from the, the high school gymnasium all the way up to, like, a stadium arena kind of feel. And it was – Brian's right. WWE has made it so it's almost impossible to, you know, to see another game like that. Although, we'll see what happens when All Elite does it because they could there's still a lot of people out there that don't have WWE contracts. Well, yeah, but what, what I'm saying is, I mean, you have encyclopedias of WWE wrestlers. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't give me a Legends of the WWE game and no current roster member, nothing but pure Legends. 
You can't do that? Just one year? <laughs> you can't get me that? <laughs> you know? I'm sure some one of these days we're going to get it, but <laughs> it might be one of those times where we're just too old to actually want to do it. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, maybe, maybe. Um, so yeah, the, the, as far as news this week, I was just telling Brian before we went on the air, um, not really a lot rolling out, um, still seeing some commentary about, uh, um, you know, Nyla Rose and, and her matchup with, uh, Rio for the AEW women's title. I, I think we've covered that kind of beaten that one to death. Um, there's been discussion about, uh, about all elite wrestling's all out buy rates. Are you there? Yes, sir. Okay. You keep cutting out. Oh, okay. Let me uh, just take a look here. Uh, okay. Let me know if it happens again. Everything appears to be normal on this side. Um, so All Elite Wrestling announced that Full Gear will be the next pay-per-view emanating from Baltimore, Maryland. At the is it still the first Mariner Arena? Uh, I don't deal with Baltimore, <laughs> or is it Royal Farms Arena or whatever? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, that's yeah, the next sure. pay per view, and that's going to be Kenny Omega finally, hopefully, taking on John Moxley. Um, but getting back, to <laughs> oh, not a Moxley fan? Uh, no, I wanted that the first. <laughs> I wanted that the main event of the first show. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, maybe maybe we see Omega finally turn. Maybe we get the elusive heel turn, or maybe we just don't. <laughs> he just keeps doing his promos way he does, which was great. Oh. <laughs> All right, so this you y'all gotta. I mean, why would a why would a good guy turn on a bad guy? With, you know, you see what I'm saying? It's kind of like Bailey. It make it just makes no sense. Well, I mean, a bad. Guy. Are we sure? Yes. How are we sure? Based on based on his actions alone, that makes him a bad guy. Because if Omega's the good guy, and he jumps Omega at which pay per view? Uh, double or All, nothing. Uh, double or nothing. Right. Yeah. And they're scheduled to have a match. All right. So on its face, if you just know what he did at double or nothing. And then the fact that they're booked in a match together, and who's the good guy? Well, anyway, yeah, that would be Kenny Omega. And then who's the bad guy? <laughs> John Moxley. All righty. Because I mean, I don't think the I have no indication that AEW is going to go down that that route of everybody's in the middle. It's all a gray area. There's no heel, no face. It's all gray. Because they've given no indication of that other than MJF. <laughs> right, or, right. But even him, even MJF, he's, you know, he hates everybody except Cody. <laughs> yeah, except Cody, so. Cody's uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe he's like Bret Hart, you know. When he's not, when Cody's not around, he's a bad guy. But when Cody, when the ball shows up, he's smooching boots. <laughs> you know, I guess you got to do what you got to do, right? 
That's funny. But yeah, I mean, I would put Moxley as the bad guy in this. I don't, I don't, I don't think that could be um, disputed at this point in time. I'd so what, to me, it would, it would take. Oh, a, well, I was just gonna say it would probably take a serious act at this point of like Kenny doing what Sean Spears did to truly turn, but the promos definitely teased it. Well, I mean, it's not to say it's not coming, but I think I think you're going to see clear, definitive endings, so to speak, mm-hmm. and then you may get the turn. So I think this is going to play out first, and then you'll get um, – you know, a heel turn or something. So I, I it would be the way I would, uh, I think I see it going, playing out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I mean, there's a lot of reason to think, think along those lines right now. I just think that we're finally seeing the, the side of Kenny Omega as far as his attitude that, on especially from my end, since I didn't see a ton of what he did in Japan before this, um, I would say that it's nice just to see kind of that that kind of that smarkiness or snarkiness that that just attitude that makes it so he's like, okay, well, I'm the best and you're not, <laughs> and and mm-hmm. it, I mean it just works. It works for him, and he he sounds he doesn't come off as like arrogant with it. He's just he's actually very matter of fact with it, which was actually really cool. Yeah, the thing about Japan was you got to remember he was Bullet Club mm-hmm. for quite a while. So they were, the you know, a de facto uh, bad guy stable. But again, so was Ingo Nobles de Japón and that- uh, uh, not, <laughs> I almost said he um uh, Suzuki Gun, and you know some of the other ones. A lot of it depended on like who was facing who. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, if Naito and Omega were fighting, um, Naito might be the bad guy. But if Omega is facing, um, oh my God! I tell you, I'm telling you, I'm having memory issues. Um, uh, the, um, uh, uh, the, 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 the guy that was champ that Kenny beat, um, Okada. Yeah. Okada. So then Omega might be the bad guy. You see what I'm saying? Right. In, in Japan, it was more of, you know, who you were fighting as opposed to, and what stadium you may be in as opposed to like, you know, uh, the tears or the booze you got. Because they didn't, they they followed storyline a little, but for the most part, it wasn't a lot of storyline. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody was just like fighting each other. So it was a few of them had storylines, but not everybody. It's not like the WWE, and you try and give everybody a storyline. So, well, hey, the, uh, Japan was. Breaking news. Marty Skrull fires Flip Gordon from Villain Enterprises. Not Flip. You want to know why? 
Uh, sure. For ordering a steak, well done. <laughs> Apparently on VETV, they were on the road, and he said even Zack Sabre Jr. was pissed that you ordered your steak well done. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> wow. That's, uh, that's great. That's, um, yeah, I hear, and as you brought him up, that Marty's contract is up in November. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if the villain makes his way to Florida. Oh, hey, uh, warning to our, our friends uh, in wrestling world. Uh, if you're getting an, a request from RCA Wrestling to come and work for them, they're stating that they have a show planned at the Staples Center on the same day that there's a, a basketball game. So that should be a pretty good indication that they may not be on the up and up. Just saying. Hmm. They they offered the the ugly ducklings like five thousand dollars a piece per month. These guys got money. <clears throat> mm, sounds like. So, but the, aren't they like swiping statements from something Triple H did or something? <laughs> yeah, they're they're taking images of these wrestlers and slapping them on like a a magazine cover template. <laughs> it's. It's actually really, really sad Photoshop work. Go, go back to go back to playing your WWE Universe games, guys. It's, it's you're probably safer that way. Just saying. Uh, so there was. So are you? Oh, go ahead. Never mind. I was just gonna say. So there was a report that uh, AEW's buy rates for pay per view for All Out um, had apparently performed not quite as strong as Double or Nothing. Um, the standard television buys for pay-per-view was 28000 That was what we've seen so far. However, according to uh, Fight TV, All Out apparently performed stronger than Double or Nothing on Fight TV. Yeah, I mean, again, you're, you're using an antiquated system. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, to show viewership, especially, um, I mean, if, look at a, a WWE pay-per-view, right? Uh, it aren't Their buy rates are abysmal, right? Because everybody's got the network, <laughs> and we buy these things through the network. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think... Um, I mean, even TNA, the way their viewership on TV is low, but if you factor in the other uh, other places that they stream and put up shows, the numbers, you know, are better on those sites. Mm-hmm. So I don't put any credence into uh, the buy rates were low but yet on Fight TV, they're better than All Out. I mean, do we not add them together? Do we not, you know, across all platforms? Or do we just say, well, on TV, they suck because they only put, they only 10,000 people watch them. Right. Well, maybe on Fight TV, 100,000, you know? 
Uh, that's 110000 in my book. And it's the same with the WWE. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you can successfully track how many viewers log into the network to watch a pay-per-view, well, that should be included with the amount of people that bought it that were foolish enough to pay 60 bucks to watch it on TV. There, there must still be people do it. I think there's a lot of a lot of room to to talk about what once was as far as measurements of success. You know, in the 90s and 2000s, yeah, ratings was your litmus test, but we just don't have that same that same marketplace anymore. You've got digital streaming now, which is probably at its peak. Um, and everyone, literally everyone, is streaming their content. So when you really think about it, what you're seeing and what you're hearing about is only, and I wouldn't even say half the story, I'd say it's more like a quarter of the story. Because standard pay-per-view buy rates, yeah, great, okay, they got 28,000 purchases for All Out. Okay, so... If we're really going to break down by the numbers, if we really want to do that, that's still twenty four, twenty five thousand more than Impact had in their last pay per view presentation. But again, Impact just finished their second night of ta- television tapings in Las Vegas, and they've been airing on Pluto TV. They've been airing on Twitch. They're on, of course, um, Brian. I don't remember the name of the network they're on now, but. They, they're they airing still on television. They're still putting their product out. And as, as far as we've seen, they're continuing to improve. Ring of Honor is still operating through Sinclair Broadcasting Group. And actually, if we're really being honest, of the companies out there, Ring of Honor is probably the one suffering the most by sticking with just a syndicated television model. Mm. Well, I, again, the hard part is... For me, and it's I don't I haven't watched Ring of Honor in quite a while, mm-hmm. um, but I just I don't understand how they can lose what they've lost, right? Because Ring of Honor's been hit worse than anybody. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, I mean, if you go back to before. Uh, AJ and the club went to WWE. Um, actually, if you go back further than that, I mean, look at the talent that's been raided from Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And it, it just so happens that this last crop of guys went on to form a company. And uh, I'm assuming Lethal is there. I'm assuming... Uh, and Bubba Ray Dudley there, um, but that's my that's my knowledge right now. They're not, they're just not people that you know. I like Jay Lethal, but I like Dog Castle, but mm-hmm. you know Silas Young. But I, you know, I'm just not up for watching Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, there's what. Three days out the week full of wrestling, and um, there's so many shows on the network. There's so much other stuff that I can go watch. You know, it's kind of like Impact. I'd watch Impact, but it's on some network that nobody gets. Right, right, 
It was once on Pop, and then it was on Spike, and then it was on Comet, and now it's on Pluto. I, I, oh, hey, well, it actually is on Pluto, so I guess that wins. I want to thank the wonderful folks at Pluto.tv for letting my joke work. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, but what also, you, you know, you mentioned earlier, you're talking about Marty, and his contract is up in November. You know, Marty Skrull to AEW, that's not a small pickup. That's big. Um, you know, Matt Taven apparently is uh, – his his contract is up in November. Not that I'm a huge Matt Taven fan, but, I mean, would he be quality in AEW? Sure. Would he do well in Impact? Definitely. There, there's a lot of talent right now. And we, we were joking about it as far as Legends were concerned, but there is truly a lot of talent still not under contract to major promotions that the tide shifts one way or the other just by simply making that signing. Yeah, I mean there there and there's a lot of independent talent too mm-hmm. that um you know like Impact or ROA should probably be looking at um and bringing them in. Yeah. And stop letting them just, um, you know, hang out on the indie scene. Well, you need fresh talent. And one way to get it is to check the indie scene and find the people that are making noise and snag them before everybody else can. Yeah. And, you know, I understand they have their, um, you know, certain pitfalls, right? As far as like syndication, pay per view, you know, they don't have the money that the WWE has. But if you go back and look, there were plenty of promotions, and TNA, you know, Impact is one of them that has stuck around for I don't know how many years, defied the odds, Mm -hmm. and had they not lost certain talent could still be a viable um, competitor today. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think about it. They had Joe. They had AJ. They had Daniels. They had Kazarian. They had Jay Lethal. Um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So, I think Ring of Honor should probably take a page from Impact and say, let's get a major deal. Yeah, and let's bring in some fresh talent, and let's let's make a run at this. I mean, there's there's been so much so much speculation about all elite wrestling in their ability to you know compete, and they've proven that they can compete on a worldwide stage without issue, um, and they've done it the way that. I would say that many fans would expect if you're, if you're going to compete, this is what you need to do. You need your production values to be top-notch. You need your talent to be, you know, unique and stand out. You need to make sure that you're telling a different kind of story, which they do on a regular basis. You need to make sure that you've got the things that the other mainstream companies that are leaving out. And then you need to make sure that you're focusing where it matters and focusing on your fans. That's what they're doing right. That's what they've always done right. So, you know, Ring of Honor could very easily step back into that role. So could Impact, for that matter. 
Yeah, I mean, isn't Impact changing channels again or something? Now, Impact was working to head to Access TV, and in the process of that TV deal getting put together, you know, another just, ugh, what what happened here kind of blow to Impact, where Access publicly comes out and says, no, we're not working with Impact Wrestling. <clears throat> so, something behind the scenes at Impact stinks. And I'd hate to say that because there's some top-notch talent there, uh, and Ring of Honor seems to have the same kind of issue going on where there's something happening and it's got to be behind the scenes because it's not in their televised product. Um, you know, I don't see a ton of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm certainly not as plugged into it as I could be. But I can tell you that from everything that I have seen, their in-ring product is still one of the best. So it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see how these different companies kind of struggle. Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of it, especially for Impact, is self-inflicted. Yeah. And just working with just... Yeah, I may have read that they may not be paying talent again. Oh, jeez. I may have read that earlier today. Well, and and we don't... No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, we don't talk about it much, but Major League Wrestling apparently has the same kind of issue going on. Where apparently they don't they don't pay their talent very much. I won't say they don't pay talent, mm-hmm. but apparently they don't pay them very much. Yeah, but... So... LAX, former LAX, mm-hmm. is now AEW. If... if uh, some of the rest of them... Leave, Then I mean AEW can definitely benefit from that. Yeah, Blanchard, uh, Havoc. Uh, you know, there's any number of talent that they could snag and probably be able to get away with it before you know the WWE got got a hold of them. Mm-hmm. And if you look and, at how their their talent is stacked, I mean, from top to bottom, Impact's roster could easily be absorbed by just about anybody out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of them could go to even the WWE and mm-hmm. have a much more successful career than, say, Baron Corbin. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know, man, of the legend like Baron Corbin. The legend, yeah. The, the legend. legend of Baron Corbin. The legend. <laughs> I might I might become king of the ring. Woo! Yay. Yay. So I've been money in the bank and lost. Now I might be king of the ring. <laughs> Yay. Uh, could you, I but mean, Brian, I can talk about the bubbly. Brian Cage could do tremendously in WWE. You want to talk yeah, about your next Brock Lesnar? Yeah, that'd be just what Vince is looking forward to. Right. Big guy, muscle bound. Oh, he can move and entertain fans. Great. By the way, <laughs> by the way, stop being talented. Just throw this guy. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Cage, you're going on a losing streak. What? <laughs> Welcome to the big time, kid. <laughs> I did. I didn't make you, and I don't care however you are. You're gonna lose. We're gonna call you 
We're gonna we're not gonna call you Brian Cage anymore. We're not gonna let you do the F five. We just want you to do a slap. <laughs> we're gonna dress you up like a sumo wrestler, and you're gonna do slaps. <laughs> and don't you dare get over, pal. <laughs> How dare you? This is my show. That's <laughs> oh, funny. Oh, gosh. So, um, we did talk about it a little bit beforehand. And, Brian, I know that as far as Raw and SmackDown, they just haven't been suiting your fancy lately. I get it. It's been a lot of the same, even with Paul Heyman at the helm with Raw. And it has been improved, I'll tell you that. Um, You know, they got a long way to go. And I think a lot of people know that. I don't think it's any secret. But the big thing, the big happening from this week, and... Brian, I know that you've seen bits and pieces of this, so we'll, we'll go ahead and dive right in. Bailey, the ever-popular, just loved throughout the world by little girls and little boys all over the world, all doing hugs and inflatable Bailey buddies. buddies. Bailey has turned against the fans. Mm. So... Did she turn against the fans? Did she come out and say, I'm not giving out hugs no more? Mm-hmm. Or did she just attack Charlotte? Well, she in definitely laid in. No yeah, she definitely laid into Charlotte and laid into Becky Lynch. So, previous in Monday Night Raw, the way this was laid out was, okay, Bailey, hey, you know, we want to get a word with you. Sasha has done all this horrible stuff to Becky Lynch. Have you talked to her? We know you guys are friends. What do you think? Of course, Bailey's like, yeah, of course I've talked to her. All that's private. You know, I'm not going to comment on that. What I will comment on is being the SmackDown Women's Champion. Actually, I thought that promo, by the way, was really well, well laid out. You try to get in a little bit as the interviewer. You're trying to dig in a little bit to the emotion, and she shuts it down. I really liked how that was done. So they go from that, which, in my opinion, again, I think it was a good setup to, alright, now it's Bailey and Becky against Charlotte and uh, it wasn't Sasha it was someone else no, maybe it was Charlotte and Sasha, I take that back so of course in this tag match, Bailey states that she's not going to be outshined and not going to be overshadowed by by Becky so that was the focal point, she wanted to stand out so in the midst of all of this, everybody's going all over the place. It's a brawl. It's it's kind of everywhere. And then the next thing you know, it's it it's it's just huge schmas like where you know the match ends in disqualification cuz Sasha smacks Becky in the back with a chair. Continuing their feud which okay, that's fine. Makes sense. Mhm. Makes sense. So, so the thing that happens next and and we joke all the time we literally joke almost every episode about Bailey turning bad. We do. But Bailey now has her hands on the chair as she's apparently stopped Sasha from hitting her with the chair. Now, under normal circumstances, you would figure what? That Bailey would just be like trying to plead to her friend, right? That makes sense. Right. They're friends. Maybe she's like, stop it, stop it, you're out of control. That makes sense. But no, in this case, Bailey turns and smashes, smashes Becky Lynch with the chair a just ridiculous amount of times, one of which, I swear, clanged right on the back of Becky's head. So if she's not in the concussion protocol, I'm shocked. I'll let you know that right right off the bat. 
But now we've got apparently Sasha and Bailey back together as pals, which that's fine. I don't care. It's 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 whatever. But Bailey now seemingly turning or siding with Sasha when realistically speaking and, and Brian, I'm sure you got a lot on this, you would think Sasha and Bailey would be at odds because Sasha left Bailey high and dry, right? Um, all right, so let's just cover Monday. Okay. All right, so first of all, for those uh, writers out there that think that people still get swerved by the old good guy has chair as other good guy is on the mat, and after they take it from the bad guy's hand, they're not going to use it. Mm -hmm. Uh, If y'all think we still fall for that, you're crazy, and this is one of the problems with the WWE because they like to think we're ignorant, but we all saw that coming as soon as she took the chair from Sasha. Uh, but since Becky is the, 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 the man character, you know, she's kind of like the bad guy here. I think that makes sense. Right. And how this is portrayed as far as, uh, you're going to help Sasha. Um, you know, you're going to help Sasha get a leg up on classy champions, right? Mm-hmm. That's what friends do, right? So if I'm if I'm Stan's friend in the ring, and well, we're going to clock Rob, and I'm going to help. Yeah, oh, oh, there you go. Um, so, you know, that makes sense. Plus, it's going to put Sasha over, right? And it, it's going to generate heat for Sasha. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. You want Sasha and Becky to have some heat. And what better way than for Bailey to get involved? Um, so I'm okay with Monday. I'm okay with the chair shot. And I did actually see this, this segment. Um, you know, I, I think it makes sense. I think this makes sense. Monday makes sense. Now we can move along to Tuesday. And I'll let you recap. Sure. So Tuesday night, um, the focus all night long. And I... I don't. In this instance, to me, I'm like, okay, they're they're focusing on why Bailey, why. That's cool. That makes sense. I mean, it's it's kind of played out, like Brian pointed out, but it makes sense at least. You're like, why would you do this? Cool. So the whole night is focused and it's headed towards Becky and not yeah Becky and Charlotte against Sasha and Bailey. Okay, you got the four horsewomen in the same ring. That's cool. You know, it's we're all right with that. But the thing is, like, Sasha, not Sasha, Charlotte, got all these bad guys running through my head. Charlotte has been a bad guy for the better part of a year and a half. I mean, and she's just a horrible bad guy. Yes, but like your biggest bad guy. Right. Like, she can do no right. She could probably pass out. You know, a thousand dollars to everybody in the front row, and everybody's still going to boot. Right, 
Right. So Bailey <laughs> comes out and says she's going to answer for what she did. And, of course, she's got Sasha with her. And she's got, like, now it's I, – I, I kind of – similar to uh, not Gem and the Holograms, but the Misfits. Because that's the makeup and the attitude she's got going on. I'm like, okay, great. So, you know, Gem has turned bad is basically <laughs> what I thought. So she comes out and she's like, you know – of course I sided with my friend Sasha. Of course I did this. Of course I did that. And then Charlotte comes out. And Charlotte, it's like her same character. She hasn't changed. So she's right. like, I'm still the same person I always was. I'm up front. I'm in your face. I'm still the queen. Which, you know, all of the things that Charlotte has done in her career. And I, I like Charlotte. I'm a Charlotte Flair fan. I, I still don't really dig the queen gimmick, but whatever. It's her thing. But this was, like, confusing because fans were booing Charlotte. And yes. they were kind of booing Bailey, but not really. They're still kind of in that right. we still think we love you phase. But right. then at some point now Sasha comes down towards the ring and then it's team beat down as they beat down on Charlotte. And then the fans just... I think the fans were confused. Brian, you, you, I'm sure you've got a take here, but I, I think the fans were just plain confused as to what to do. Well, I don't think I don't think it's confusion. I think it's the the writers and whoever signed off on it was like, "Yep, this is this is great. We're gonna we're gonna get Bailey over so well." And she's going to be this massive monster heel. And you cannot take a pure straight lace baby face, right? Which we can all agree that's what Bailey is. Mm-hmm. She is or was baby face to the nth degree. Definitely. You know? Um, and then we're going to pair her with a bad guy in Sasha who we've just said for the last six months took her ball and go went home. Right. So even though Sasha's a bad guy, we painted her out to be this crybaby. Right? So, yeah, Sasha deserted us. She, you know, she didn't want to, she didn't like the ending, so she quit on us. You know, we painted her to be a, a crybaby, not a bad guy, a crybaby, right? And so we're going to have them beat down your absolute biggest heel. I mean, she gets more heat than Lacey Evans. Lacey, I think, is a very strong number two, right? Yeah. But, again, Charlotte, all she has to do is walk out from behind the curtain and they just literally boo the piss out of her. Right, and it's the right kind of boot. That's the that's the heat you want for for a heel. Yeah, it's not the Eric Rowan heat, and then, <laughs> or the Baron Corbin heat, yeah, or yeah. you know Roman Reigns, or any number of other people. Um, but we're gonna have Bailey turn, right? But before that, we're gonna have Charlotte destroy Bailey. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, if you go back. I can watch that boot to the face literally drove her outside the ring. Yeah. And if Sasha hadn't been there, Bailey would have gotten the tail whooping. <laughs> right? Yep. So we're going to 
have Bailey turn on a bigger heel with more legit heat, more technical ring skills, more everything, right? That's what we're going to do. And I don't think that anybody bought the turn. It's not that they don't understand it. It's that nobody bought it. I think for the even the casual fan, that turn is, oh, wow, this is just dumb WWE booking. You know, I, I think even the little five-year-old kid who loves Bailey right about that time was like, hmm, oh, typical WWE, um, what do I do? And again, it's not that they didn't understand it, it's that they didn't buy it. You know, and I'll lay money come Clash of Champions when Bailey and Charlotte go at it. You're going to hear Charlotte booed, and you're going to hear Bailey cheered, and there's no way you're going to get Bailey over. Uh, you know, uh, get her get her turn, and it's not going to matter how many beatdowns you do on Charlotte. It's and just the, not going to happen. And the crazy part is, this is. I mean, it's it's eerily similar to what happened when Becky turned. Because Becky, I mean, threw that forearm into Charlotte's face just after, um, just after the match was done and Charlotte had won the title, and the crowd popped for it instead of booing for it. The goal was to get right. Becky to get booed. <clears throat> And you can hear the broadcasters. Right. You remember the broadcasters are like, oh, my God, that was an awful, horrible thing to do. You know, they, they were trying to, and I, of course, did you know, a horrible impression of Mark Michael Cole. But they were trying to make it seem as if Becky was like a sore loser. And it just it came off so flat because the fans were like, no, this is amazing. We love it. When the reality was they were trying to direct traffic, really, in this sense. They were trying to tell you, no, we don't want to see Charlotte in this way. Like, Charlotte was the good guy at that role, and they didn't want it. Right. And they're run they want her as the bad guy. Yeah. And they're going to run well, into this with Bailey, but I don't think it's going to have the same result. Bailey's not going to see, like, a stratospheric push out of all of this. Well, no, I think they're going to try. Because, again, I don't know who suggested it, who thought this was a good idea, who fell asleep at the wheel. And they've done this before with um, – uh, oh, wasn't it like uh, the the shield? Yes. Didn't we turn the wrong one at the wrong time and it blow up in your face? And that's to me, that's what's going to happen here. So again, Clash of Champions. I don't. Uh, when's Clash of Champions? Uh, Sunday. Clash of Champions is September fifteenth. Okay, so two Sunday. weeks. Uh, yeah. Right. So two weeks. So seven days. We have enough time. Yes. Do what? It's a week away. Okay, a week away. Next Sunday. Yes, next Sunday. Okay, there we go. So we have Raw, which I'm sure is going to have Charlotte and Becky, not Becky, Charlotte, and, yeah, Becky versus Sasha and Bailey. Either Monday or Tuesday, right? So maybe... Monday, we're going to have a singles match with the four of them, you know, some pairing. 
And then Tuesday, we're going to have the go-home match. Is going to be, oh, my God, we got to have a tag match. Right? Mm-hmm. But in order to keep Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte's going to have to pull the arm away or hot tag when she shouldn't have or something. Right. Right? Because, again, she told you last week, I am who I am. I'm in your faith. I don't care, right? My whole my whole life is to win titles, basically. Right. So in two matches, you explain to me how you're going to be able to put Charlotte in such a face position that Bailey rockets right to the stratosphere as a heel. Somebody explain it to me because it's not going to happen. Doesn't that almost kick the legs out of out from under Sasha if it does happen. You just brought Sasha back and got her immediately as the top bad guy, top bad female on Raw, which is great. I like Sasha Banks, so cool, whatever. But now if Bailey does this and you continue at least until the brand split officially is a split, now you're going to put Bailey in a position where she overshadows her. If, yeah, if you get what you want. You're not. We're not talking past Sunday, right? Right. We're not talking past Sunday. Okay. See, you have to put Bailey in the stratosphere in two matches. Yeah, that's not gonna work. Like she <laughs> has to surpass Charlotte as the bad guy. Right. Okay. So that's not going to happen. Which means Bailey's not going to generate the heat you need to make this turn successful. Which means going into Sunday, I don't care if Sasha comes out with 30 people and they strap Charlie down and Bailey does the, you know, puts her foot on Charlotte to get the pin or whatever. It's, none of that's going to matter. Sasha has her own heat, Bailey has no heat. She has none. It's failed already. It's done. So Charlotte loses next Sunday, probably, more than likely, because, God, we got to keep that title on Bailey because that's who we've hitched our horses to right now, right? Mm-hmm. Who do you, who, who's next? Because now we're getting to the, the supposed – uh, draft in preparation of Friday Night Smackdown that may be on the way. Right. And the fact that come here in a matter of weeks, the rosters are going to split and there will be no cross-branding of wrestlers whatsoever. Right? With the exception of maybe some pay-per-view matches. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're not going to have all these people hopping ship. So now you're going to leave Bailey alone with Charlotte, Sasha with Becky, unless you make the decision to put all four of them on one show. And then what are you going to do? Because now Bailey's going to be outshined by all three bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And even Becky, who's, who's a quasi-bad guy, 
mm-hmm. is going to outshine Bailey. And that's and, and that's it, where it the just, yeah, you're right. You're it, right. it literally is is dumb. It's stupid. Well, there's this huge hurry right now, and and you know we're gonna say it. We're in the same breath of saying, yeah, we want to see. You know, I was saying I want to see Kenny Omega he turn heel, right? And then I said, yeah, if Bailey does it, she should tell everybody to go hug themselves. Yeah, we say that all the time, right? But it's there's a huge difference between the jokes of what we say versus, okay, you're on TV and you've got six months of television to put together. You can't just willy-nilly say, all right, well, you're a bad guy now. Because it just doesn't work like that anymore. You have too many bad guys as it is. You now have... Ember Moon and Becky mm-hmm. and Naomi, if she's still active. And what, as far as uh, bad guys or good guys? Good guys. Good guys. Okay. Um, yeah, because Natty flip flops has been flip flopping, right? Depending on the week. Nia Jax right? is so here. You can't when count she on her. Back. Um, yeah. Well, the iconic. Yeah, are probably. Yeah. Uh, Alexa and Nikki, uh, um, maybe swinging towards the face side right now. Right, but most... they haven't really been. They haven't really gone as as heel as Alexa can get. Yeah, which is shocking. But <laughs> um, yeah, well, yeah, is uh. But is Ember really face? Didn't she? I thought she quasi turned a... on Bailey, but that didn't. I guess they just did. They kind of ignored it. Then yeah. you got Sarah Logan and, and Liv Morgan. Both of them are bad guys. And you got. Yep. Um, but Amber. where are they? Uh, that's a great question. I don't. I can't remember the last time I saw either one. I read somewhere that they wrestled on Be- main event. Because Liv Morgan is supposed to be getting repackaged. How? So there's no, I, I don't know. That's what I read. She's getting repackaged. All the times we talked about wanting to be like in creative and stuff, like back in the day, I've never once been able to think of a great idea for a female wrestler. I don't mean that in a sexist way. I'm sure there's tons of great ideas out there, but I've never really been able to think of one. Yeah, but so all it, it is no different than a male wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. You use well, you would what? Hope. No, it's not. So take Charlotte, right? Charlotte learned how to be a bad guy from who? Her dad. The best bad guy ever, right? So she has all the talent, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let her be a bad guy. Right. Right? Let her stay a bad guy until, just like her old man... The crowd just cheers her for no other reason Cause they than like they her. can. <laughs> I guess, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so right now they like her, but they understand the role she plays because she plays it better than the rest, okay? But in 10 years, if she's still wrestling, they're going to cheer her because even though she's a bad guy, she does it better than everybody else. Just like John Cena and Flair and some of these other guys. Becky. 
Who knew Becky could talk? Right? That's a good point. Well, guess what? You decide, hey Becky, we're gonna we're gonna go with you. We trust you now. Go out there and talk. And look what happened. Right? So remember it was the the Nijack punch. Mm-hmm. She's she's up in the up in the thing and her face is covered in blood and the man is formed. Right. Right? Literally takes off. Right? Because you've always heard about the, the what is it, the Irish last kicker. Mm-hmm. Right? But you never got a chance to see it. And now they say, hey, go be the Irish last kicker. And the man. Throw the man in there. Be, be both. And look at her. Right? She rivals pretty much everybody on the roster as far as popularity. Right? Right. Sasha. Sasha. Think of her time in NXT. Sasha was better as a bad guy. Right? Mm-hmm. Sasha, go be a bad guy. She's a bad guy. The guys are, she, they're, the women are no different. If you have a natural talent like Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, um, uh, Natty, if they would yeah. keep Natty down one course. You know, you could very easily turn Natty into like a Bret Hart. You know, mm-hmm. let her go out there and talk. Let her say, "I'm the the excellence of execution," and let her go out there and win matches by beating people. Technically, put on wrestling clinics. Let her go out there against. Uh, Billy Kay and simply out wrestle her. Right. right? Just out wrestle her from start to finish. And people are going to buy that because she'll feel more comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. She'll get better on the mic. And they're going to cheer. It's, it's, it's no different. I mean, the, the archetypes that you use for men, you can very easily use for women. Yeah. The That's problem is, the problem is for too long, we ha- we have been force fed divas, right, right, and the divas never really, in my mind, never really got over because they a lot of them weren't wrestling; they were just show pieces or, mm-hmm. um, you know comedy acts or any number of things. No, you can call them what they were. They were they were sex appeal. <clears throat> they were still trying to reel in the Attitude Era style fan who wanted to see boobs and butts. Oh, okay, I'll go with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, you had you had wrestlers like Beth Phoenix and Trish Stratus who you know, when they first started off, well, Beth Phoenix was a hoss when she first started out, so I guess I can't use her. But, like, Trish Stratus. Yeah, you can't use Beth. Trish Stratus was, I mean, she looked amazing, but she couldn't wrestle a lick. She couldn't. Not at first. But that right. was okay, because, you know, she was entertaining to look at. Lita, on the other hand, we knew she could work. You know, you had those people, but the Divas era, that whole time, it almost diminished them because the people that you had that could truly wrestle weren't allowed to. Right. And, and it wasn't just it wasn't just the WWE 
that that did this. It was WCW as well. Oh yeah, because definitely. if you remember, WCW had the Nitro Girls. Yep, and um, you had Stacy Keebler, who at one time was Snoochie Boochies. And, <coughs> yes, she um, was. Sorry. So you had, I mean, literally the last. God, I don't know. Twenty years, probably. I would say probably 20 years, if not a little bit longer than that. Mm -hmm. Women's wrestling is a forgotten art. And if you, if you, I mean, I'll give Impact TNA all the credit in the world Mm -hmm. because in my opinion, without them pushing the women's division like they did, I don't think you're going to have the revolution or whatever you want to call it, you know, because uh, they took somebody like Gail Kim. When she was in the WWE, gosh, she was swallowed by this diva stuff. Yeah. When she's a wrestler, right? We can all agree Gail Kim is probably one of the best out there. Oh, yeah. She she frequently outshined the women she was in the ring with. I agree with right. you there. And but what do we do? We take something like that. We try and put her in the diva's mold. It doesn't fly, and she goes off to impact. Who knew Velvet Sky and Angelina Love would take the 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 Mean Girls gimmick and propel it into the stratosphere? Because again, at first they weren't that that great in the ring as wrestlers either. Mm-hmm. But because of Impact putting emphasis on the women's re- uh, wrestling, they got better. And when they got better, the beautiful people became a hot commodity. Right. Um, God, I'm trying to remember who else. Um, Madison Rain, uh, Miss James. You know, again, Mickey James was a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Tried to put her in the Eva's mold. When that fell flat, what'd you do? You you put um, Lay Cool, and you ripped off the beautiful people. Well, let's be mean girls and let's make fun of Mickey James and call her names and talk about her, you know, her her size and all this stuff. Well. Forget the fact that you have a, a pretty hot feud. Let's let them go out there and fight. Mm-hmm. That's what the marquee says. Wrestling. But we didn't do it. So, you know, again, if you honestly think about it, the last 20 plus years, there has not been a lot to speak of in women's wrestling. And that's why nobody knows what to do with it. Right? Now, the WWE has got a good start. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're not figuring out as they go. Mm-hmm. But for somebody like you who eat, sleep, drink wrestling for 41 years, isn't it? 41? Yeah. Right? yeah. For 41 years. 41 long To sit here years. and say, yeah, to sit here and say, well, I don't know what to do with a female wrestler. That's in my in my mind. That's crazy. 
because you can do with them what you can do with a guy. And I think, it, it again, it's people have forgotten and mm. people are starting to learn again, and it's just going to take time. Well, I think you've got so many great examples now of what women's wrestling should look like. And back in, we'll just say the late 90s and, and 2000s, we really didn't have a lot of examples. You had some. You definitely had some that stood out head over head and shoulders above the rest. But they were always overshadowed and pushed back. I mean, even Paige. You can really look at Paige as a great example of almost like a modern Gail Kim kind of story. Because when Paige started out in NXT, her well, and she didn't start in NXT. Of course, she started with her family's company. But when she got to NXT, her wrestling was the anti-Barbie, anti-Diva wrestler. So she did a very great job with that. But as soon as she got to the main roster, and this was just on that cusp of when the women's revolution was starting, she got swallowed up by the diva mentality. And they took away from her. It wasn't that she chose to not perform. They took away from her the ability to really show what Paige could do. Yeah, but again, though, you're talking, you're taking some money from NXT and you're putting them on the main roster. Mm-hmm. And we all know that's the kiss of death. Right? We, I mean, we all know that. So, I mean, can we, should we count? Uh, Gable, Corbin, Joe, Sammy, Kevin, um, uh, uh, you know, again, help me out. The revival. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, um, vaude villains. Enzo and Cash. Yep. Look at how long that lasted. Um, you know, the, the, the list is too great, but that's not, that's not Paige's fault. That is the guy who's writing its fault or the guy who, who's in charge's fault. Mm-hmm. It's Vince's fault because there's no reason to have superstars on NXT. I'm talking legit game-changing superstars, and then once you bring them up to the main roster, they quickly die away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a time where, and I used to say this a lot, and I know it used to get on some folks' nerves, was, you know, it was... Guys that would guys and gals that would come from outside of the WWE bubble, and they would get to WWE and get flustered because they couldn't work the WWE style. And now it is. Well, sh- let me ask you something. Go ahead. Let me ask you something. Let, let's let's try this. So you tell me what the WWE style is in your mind, in your personal opinion. Uh, now I think it's a, a completely different style than it used to be. But back in the day when it was talked about the most, it was a story-driven, not psychology-driven, but story-driven performance. So it wasn't... Um, there was no natural progression to a finisher and the finisher ending the match. It was, okay, we want you to hit a flashy thing here, we want you to hit a signature piece here. We want you to take a beating here. And then, you know, we want you to hit maybe one or two, you know, standout or signature moves, and then we're going to we're gonna take it home. We're going to end the match. 
worse versus okay, so, what we see now, it's just totally different. All right, so let me ask you this, right? So I know we've talked about the WWE style before. Yeah. But how is that really any different than some of the other promotions? Um, Back then and current. Maybe how it's produced? Like, who's talking to you about it? As far as, like, how it comes off in the ring, to me, there's just a difference. Like, you see with what happens on Impact and what happens in AEW, it's just more of a... And I don't know for sure. I'm not saying that I do, but it seems like it's more of a call-in-the-ring kind of approach. Because what we see right now in WWE is a whole lot of, okay, you've got spot A, spot B, and spot C. Don't forget spot D. That's where you do it. Like, that's what they lay okay, out but, before they go out to the ring. Okay. But, again, whether you're calling the spots or they're given to you, the in-ring product is pretty much the same. Other than, like, the flashy stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? It's still pro-wrestling. It's the the other stuff to me is why you can go or come from another place to include NXT, mm-hmm. go to the main roster, and literally be buried. It's not the stuff, it's not the in-ring stuff. It's the stuff outside the ring. It's Vince, well, huh. I don't know how you got here. I didn't make you, but we're going to change up and I'm going to make you famous. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, you got to buy into it. Because if you don't buy into it, it's not going to feel natural. If it doesn't feel natural, the fans ain't going to buy. It. A lot of the W, the main roster is simply who's got rank, the controls. And that's the, the to me that's the problem because I don't understand how again the the list of guys I named off and the hundreds I've forgotten literally go up there and flounder unless it's time for contract and then apparently they give you a title yeah right right just ask the revival um, I I think that there's a there's that in the club yes definitely um, but at the same time I I do think that there's also this thing that I don't know what it is. It's it's it, well, no, I do know what it is. It's it's they're top heavy. You've got too many people. You just do. You got too much. It's not to say that you can't have three brands because you definitely can, and you definitely can have them all be successful. But the intermingling of them was a huge, huge mistake. And they've done this. What's this? The third or fourth time that brand extension's been tried. Uh, yeah, but the last one lasted for quite a while. The one that they uh, did... Until this year. Yeah, yeah. That was... The most recent one that they did was fairly successful. I felt like yeah. it was. And, I mean, because you had a distinct separation. And, and again, though, I mean... I don't look at any of them as not being successful. Right? Right. Because... 
for all we know, I mean, literally, you have Raw, who has their ratings, SmackDown has their ratings. Neither one of these shows, when they've been branded, you know, brand split, have stunk to the point that they were going to come off TV. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you can't call them not successful. You're talking about a guy who has control of this company and for whatever reason, maybe he gets impatient a lot of times. Maybe he just thinks, they're, you know, we're, we're going to brand split. And then a year later, he's like, you know what? Uh, God, uh, hmm. Gee, uh, let's put them back together. Right. You know what I'm saying? You have no idea how Vince thinks about this stuff. And, and we can't necessarily say they haven't been successful because they he keeps bringing them back together. Because, again, if you go look at the ratings and you look at the social media imprint and everything else, the WWE is a very successful company. Mm-hmm. And... It wouldn't matter if you brought certain people, Baron Corbin, for instance. If you had, if you combine the roster again, where do you think Baron Corbin goes? Mm. Right to the bottom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Vince, though, has this, uh, you know, it's been talked about on social media quite a bit where Vince is so in love with Baron Corbin much like he was with Drew McIntyre years ago, that he's going to push him and he's going to make you eat him. You know, eat eat the uh, Corbin apple. Yes. Well, you know, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that, that Corbin's not successful or whatever. It just means he's going to force it down his throat, much like a brand split. Mm-hmm. He's split and everybody loves it. Then he himself might be like, nah, you know what, pal? Um, God, we need to shake this up some. And so he brings them back together. And then when he brings them back together, he realizes, oh, crap, I got 60 wrestlers. I got to try and put on TV. So he splits them again. So I think it's Vince McMahon more than anything that says the, the Brain splits aren't successful. Because, I, again, I don't see the numbers dip on a, on these brand splits. Mm-hmm. If the numbers dropped, I'd be, okay, it was not successful. But if you're maintaining your viewership, then either they're coming to watch wrestling just to watch wrestling, or the brand splits are just as successful as you merge in the rosters. Definitely MIT. puts you into a position where you, you want to see something more um, simple, something simpler, at least in the short mm. term. Because if you look at what AEW does right, that it is simpler. It's simpler to understand, it's simpler to watch, and simpler to digest. Well, yeah, but again, though, they're not... The WWE's mistake is to have a hundred wrestlers, probably a hundred plus wrestlers in their employ. I don't care if it's three shows or four shows or whatever. 
you still can't highlight a hundred people. It can't be done. So then you make the decision to, well, let's only highlight a certain majority of them. Well, you're not listening to your fans when you do this Mm -hmm. because there are plenty of guys that you see once or twice, you know, a month that are are hugely over compared to some of the guys that literally – get booed just because we don't like them. And it's not like we don't like them because that's the way we're supposed to act. No, we just don't like them. And, but they stick with it. Whereas AEW has, uh, I don't know, probably 20 or 30, and they use 20 or 30. And the ones they don't use that they bring in for like these battle roles well, they're only really, some of them are only really there for one night. Right. You know what I'm saying? The Tommy Dreamers and some of these other guys. Well, let's not say it won't come back down the road, but they're not going to be showcased. You know, I don't have to worry about holding the spot for Tommy Dreamer on October 2nd. Right. So... I think that's the biggest problem. Is they have the WWE has too many, and some of these people that they are hooked their wagons to, they shouldn't even be there to begin with. It is curious as to where some of these, and, and we've been joking about it, but where the interest comes in with Baron Corbin, for example. I mean, you don't see any Baron Corbin merchandise out there, like literally at all. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a Baron Corbin sign that was ever positive, even when he was in NXT, even when he had potential. Um, And frankly, I don't see the appeal. And it's, I I know that there are some out there that are like, oh yeah, like when we talk about Randy Orton, we frankly, I think Randy Orton bores me to tears. It doesn't mean that he can't perform, it just means he's boring to me. I get that. But like with, with Baron Corbin and, and like when Rob and Brian talk about Roman and, and some other guys, legitimately there is reason to believe that there's questionable <laughs> why would you want to support this kind of a, a guy? Not because he's a bad person. I don't know him like that. But I'm talking about like why would you put him on TV and, and all of that. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of room for that. So let's go ahead. Let's change some gears here because I don't want to... We do have class champions, and we'll throw some predictions to that. We can do that here uh, in just a moment. But I, I thought I'd bring up to you, Brian, this is something that kind of made me chuckle. I don't know how, how you feel about this. but So we know that uh, you know certain websites and, and wrestling newsletters have their own forums and web boards and everything. But I saw this on NoDQ.com, and it kind of made me laugh. So apparently, um, the Observer... Rating for uh, the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers from All Out was. Let me, let me just make sure I give the proper one. Here it is. Okay. Received a five and a half star rating by Dave Meltzer. Where uh, the match itself has be, been considered to rate higher than Edge and Christian versus the Hardys versus the Dudleys at the TLC match at WrestleMania 17, which was four and three quarter stars. Apparently, this has really raised a real bit of a fuss 
in WWE's not WWE, jeez, in wrestling fandom in general. I personally enjoyed both matches. I thought both matches were great for what they were, but I don't know that I would uh I I would not feel comfortable saying that one match is better than the other. Now, uh so that was was that the TLC match? It uh, with Edge and Christian and the Hardys and the Dudleys. Yeah, that's the one where that, they, they the, were like, "Get the Rhino" and all that stuff. Was that the first one? Yes. Because I'm just trying to trying to get it in my head here. Um, I think though what, <laughs> and this is so that. To me, this this argument or the, the uproar is twofold, right? So, part of it is 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 Dave um, being Dave, right? Because right? really, the only the only people that are that are keeping him around right now are the are, are the AEW. Mm-hmm. Right, the young bucks and um, SCU with the you know the the what is it the greatest melter driver ever or whatever right it is. right you know what I'm saying and for a long time the Bucks have been you know just going on and on and on about Dave Melcher and don't forget two years ago it was Dave Melcher that started this whole um, uh, turn where. You couldn't fill a ten thousand seat stadium, right. right? So, part of me says that that Dave is putting giving the the the, the stars, uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe to poke not poke fun, but you maybe just to poke and prod because controversy is going to create cash, and this is going to keep Dave relevant. By Dave starting this, um, the other part is the only ones in an uproar are the bobbleheads. Not the, the bobbleheads. W- yes, the bobbleheads. They're the ones that would be in the uproar because they're the ones who who get so incensed that somebody is talking about the WWE the greatest wrestling promotion ever because by God, I don't know any different. Even though there's hundreds out there, I've never watched any, anybody but the WWE. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I eat the history. I drink the history. Oh, Jesus. That was the greatest ladder tables, ladders and chairs match ever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit there is good. I'll admit the, the, Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks was good. Mm-hmm. Am I going to sit here and say which one's better? Just like you know, I enjoyed them both. Right. But Dave knows what he's doing by pushing that button because now it's going to keep Dave relevant at least for another week. Sell some more subscriptions. Right. Because <laughs> again, if you piss the bobbleheads off, and they become so incensed with the pitchforks and the torches, they just want to burn a castle down. 
And I, I again, I don't think he. I, it's. God, how do I put this? He's not an official like starkeeper, right? Or a historian. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like when Still, it goes down in the record books. It's not Meltzer said, and now we've got it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Your wrestling bible yeah. has spoken. Yeah, I don't remember on the back of any DVDs. Does it say and Dave Meltzer rated this five stars? <laughs> Could you imagine? You know what? Careful because AEW will do that. <laughs> oh yes, I, I just they I did realize the error of my ways uh, by saying I I would almost see the WWE doing it. I could see the WWE being like, you know, the greatest five star matches according to Dave Meltzer in WWE history. You know, mm-hmm. I could see them doing that. If Triple H, you know, uh, was feeling good one night, called up the video guys and say, "I want this DVD, but the greatest five star Dave Melcher matches in WWE history." <laughs> well, I mean, Melcher has done, he has done stuff for WWE Network in the past. So he has done commentary on different events. Like, I mean, it was historical stuff, like Andre stuff, but still, it could be done. Sure, it could be done. Yeah, that, so and it, but but again, though, you know, sometimes <laughs> Dave has to do this stuff for Dave to be relevant. Yeah. Do I think that match with the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks? Was a five and a half star or whatever it was? No, not particularly. Do I think it was on par with the TLC match? Mm-hmm. Yes. But so are any number of matches throughout the year in any number of companies. And it's just funny that Dave Melcher would pick the match that involves the two guys that have been giving him heck to the point they have named not one, but two moves after him. And they like to poke each other, you know, make right. fun of each other. Yeah. The Bucks and Melcher, Melcher, the Bucks, you know, I understand they're probably pals. Cool. Great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But again, now guess what? There's going to be plenty of people that didn't see that match. They're going to be like, Holy cow, there's no way this match is, has more stars than this match. Let me go look. Yeah, I figured I figured it would be a good uh, humorous look. <laughs> What's making fans react today? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this was very calculated to push a button. <laughs> and then guess what? It worked. Well, he's got more subscriptions now. He's feeling the, He's feeling good. He's really good, right? That's right. And and again, that that match was probably looked at by people that weren't going to look at it, right? In the hope that you know they may maybe watch AEW now, you know. So I wonder if AEW will do like a expose on what happened to the AEW title. Mm, oh God, you know. I, I could see him doing it. 
the misadventures of the world title. <laughs> I don't know if I'm buying this world title thing. You think it's a work? I don't. I... So it ended up beside railroad tracks <laughs> in what Alabama? Well, no, it was it was somebody had it. They they found it. Yeah, <laughs> let me pull up the beside yeah. railroad tracks in like Alabama or something. Let me pull up the story here. It's yes, pull up the story. I mean, I get it. It's it is entertaining. Don't get me wrong; it's definitely entertaining. <laughs> so again, some guy is walking down the road, and you know, I can almost see him just skipping along, whispering, <laughs> doo, 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 doo. probably trips over the felt bag that this hundred thousand dollar belt is, or twenty thousand dollars, or whatever. Whatever this thing is, trips over it, boom, 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 boom. picks it up. Oh my God, what is this? It's a great big wrestling belt. It it's a, yeah, see, then you got to hope the guy, the guy must have been a wrestling fan to say, huh, look at this, AEW. Huh. Then you got, you know, the guy's just got to be so honest that he's going to call the local constabulary and say, hey, Billy Joe Jim Bob, I found this AEW world title. <laughs> so here's, let me give it to you. <laughs> here's the here's the story. Frank Price, forty one years old, of Tallahassee, Florida, just happened to be celebrating his birthday on this past Sunday. Hey, I hope he had a little bit of the bubbly. Anyway, uh, so he is um, driving home with his kids. And they they were scalloping with friends near nearby Point Port St. Joe Bay, and uh, he just happens to see the bag, a velvet bag, in the middle of a turning lane near Capital Circle. So he he gets home, he finally opens the bag. He says, "Oh, it's a giant wrestling belt." So instantly he puts on Craigslist. Found wrestling belt because he says that he thought it was a wrestling fan from like a convention or something. So of course uh, he gets a couple of responses, and then some one of his friends sends him a message saying, "Hey, check it out." A link to the AEW's news feed saying basically they had lost the belt. So he calls the police, just like Brian states, and the police go ahead and, and interview him. He comes in, he brings in the belt, and that's that. Or is it? <laughs> is really the question. Uh, Jericho, of course, states that he's going to hire the best private investigators and detectives to bring the belt back home to Le Champion. By the way, yeah, but that stays as like one. Of yeah, but you got to put it in order. You got to put it in order. Right. It was lost. Then Jericho says, "I'm going to get the best detectives, you know, in the world right. to go hunt this thing down." Then the belt is found. Then Jericho comes out with another statement, I think, about the detectives that supposedly found this. Apparently they were fans. <laughs> yeah. And where's the where's the picture? There it is. The picture of the cop. Where's oh, the... yeah, holding the belt. <laughs> yeah. 
Is it possible that Jericho just sets this all into motion just so that he could get proper attention for his own storyline? Look, so you know as well as I do, it's pro wrestling. Right. So <laughs> let's 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 put this in perspective. So let's take the take the story you have, right? So this guy is out looking for a shellfish, right? It's scallops, right? And yeah, scallops, scallops, scallops are shellfish. Okay, so he's out there scalloping, right? And again, he's just bebopping along, him and his kids. Mm-hmm. Doo, doo, doo. Now he's driving and whistling. I'll make I'll make the correction. <laughs> driving down the road and whistling. Doo, Not doo, just doo, whistling, doo, Dixie. <laughs> you know, man. I don't know what college is in Tallahassee. Is that Florida State or he, I, Miami? You know, no, I guess it wouldn't that. be Miami. That's dumb. Or, do what? He actually his occupation. This is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So he actually is an assistant director of the Florida Natural Areas Inventory at Florida State University. And states oh, there we go. Okay. wrestling. I, I got it. Florida State, right? So he's probably, you know, them the Florida Seminoles. State fans, they are fanatic, right? So he's probably whistling the Florida State fight, fight song while his kids are in the backseat counting the scallops. Doing those right? stupid chops that they do. Yeah, so we're going into a roundabout. You said roundabout, right? Uh, no, he was a, a turn lane, like an exit lane. Oh, so he's going to an exit lane. And lo and behold, as he's whistling, <laughs> I don't know, the Florida State fight song. <laughs> he looks out and he says, the light bulb goes off. Bing, 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 bing. There's a black velvet bag in the little median, the concrete median right beside my car. That, unless it was dropped from the car in front of me, a thousand cars have passed today. Because down there at Florida State, they probably got a lot of traffic, especially in a college town. So he picks it up. Being a wrestling fan, doesn't know the feel of a, of a title. Maybe. I don't know. He's got kids, so you know, maybe he felt a woman. You know, I would think if you if you if you, <laughs> okay. you touch a woman in the dark, you're gonna know it's a woman. And it would probably be the same with a world title if you're a wrestling fan. Or any title if you're a wrestling fan. Hmm, this feels like some type of belt. <laughs> I can't put it on my in my pants, <laughs> but I think I can put it around my waist. What's all these what's all these buttons for? Oh, yeah. Doesn't open it in the card. What's he do? Throw it in the trunk? Doesn't give it to the kids? No, he, kids he picks it up, curious. slaps it in the car, and then opens it apparently at his house. Holy crap, it's a big oh, That's what belt. I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's kids in the car. He, the kids probably have replica titles at the house. Here, 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 little, little Jimbo. Hold this. Jimbo says, gee, daddy. This feels like a, a a wrestling belt. No, you're kidding me. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I think it's very entertaining. And I'm not saying it's not true. Maybe it is. 
I'm just saying it sounds fishy. <laughs> because I want you to think about this. So the title was like 16,000, 20,000, 26,000, somewhere in that neighborhood, I think. If I've read it right, I think somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's less than 50 grand, I think. So we don't have the company come out and say, we want our title back. Right. We don't have Cody come out and say, hey, uh, we're <laughs> telling you yours. the truth. <laughs> yes, give it back. We do have, the, you know, we have reported this to the police. This is legit, you know? Right. We have Jericho. And I believe he, he posted two. Um, I wouldn't call them vignettes. Videos, I guess. Yeah, little promos. Right, and one of them, he's just lounging in the hot tub. <laughs> hey, Le Champion does what Le Champion wants. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're just jealous of Le Champion. <laughs> and uh, trust me when I tell you that, uh, you know, I've been doing cop work for about 20-some years, 25 to be exact, that's a quarter of a century. And I have never once found an or had an item turned in, only to use it as a prop as my coworkers take copious pictures of it. <laughs> well, you would think as I'm scrumming it like Paul Hogan, right? huh? <laughs> you you no. think they wouldn't let you do that at all? It's evidence, right? Yes, it's evidence. That's very unprofessional like that. And, and and again, it's not like he's got it around his waist. He's holding it like Hulk Hogan. I'm sure if you were to like set the sequence of pictures in a row, he's probably strumming it like Hogan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and again, so so now Jericho, who's at the center of all this, and I haven't seen, you know, what I think the company come out and said, yep, the belt was stolen, it's been reported to the police. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I don't, I don't remember, again, any videos from Tony Khan or Cody or anybody else saying, please, br- please bring back the belt. If you bring it back, we won't press charges and we'll even pay you a finder fee. But no, we get then we get Baron Corbin talking about it, which then leads to Meme City. <laughs> a little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. Yes. Starring one Chris Jericho and anybody else they can <laughs> throw together into a meme. Hey, I can I can honestly tell you. And and I I joined in on the meme party. I celebrated my birthday with a little bit of the public. I did indeed. Yes, yes. But uh, I saw your picture of the public. Probably should have held out. Should have should have plunked down some money instead of buying that hardcore box. <laughs> I didn't say it was expensive, bubbly. I just said it was bubbly. <laughs> 
Why we gotta be all like, you know, Dom Perignon up in this mug? Because <laughs> it's just your birthday, gotta, Bubbly. Gotta get with the times. <laughs> yeah, it's your birthday, Bubbly. But, I mean, how, how does that happen, right? Only in pro wrestling yeah. could you supposedly lose a title, create videos saying you lost it and you've hired the greatest uh, investigators in the entire world, <laughs> to then have Baron Corbin from another federation basically make fun of your age and the fact you lost the title, to have the title return only to now be pushed through the stratosphere over bubbly. <laughs> well, leave it to Chris Jericho, though. That really speaks volumes for him. I mean, it's... Chris Jericho makes this whole thing work, and and that's the best part. Like, I, And I, I do kind of understand why some fans would say, why wasn't it put on a younger guy, or why wasn't it done this? Okay, and I get it. That, that's a valid piece of argument, and, and I'm willing to hear it, but... You have to recognize just what you have with Chris Jericho. And what it is, is you've got a guy that, first off, at his age, still moves and performs better than a huge percentage of the guys that are 20 to 30 years older, or younger, I'm sorry. So, yes, and, and so well, as far as, like, Jericho's in-ring style, yeah, Hogan has said it. Cena has said it, and I'm sure one day you're going to ask Jericho, and Jericho will say it. You got to learn a move set. You got to do that move set better than anybody else. You don't need a thousand holds. You just need about ten. And if you do those ten better than anybody else, you're going to be able to wrestle till you're hundred. Get there. Yeah, remember that uh, picture I shared earlier this week about hitting the mute button? Friends, oh, don't let so you muted the mute button. You muted me. I'm sorry. Please forgive me, sir. Oh, I'll say it again. No, I'm just kidding. That's no, I heard, I, I heard you. I was, I was just, you know, responding to you. And it wasn't heard. Um, oh, but, so you, you muted you? Yeah, I muted myself. <laughs> So okay, just, then I unquit. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, when although comes, this show does get, what? What'd you say? See, you're stepping over me. Mute yourself. All right. Hitting the no, button. don't do it because then I get freaked out. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to myself. Who's there? Who's there? <laughs> I think Jericho is just the mastermind of of making wrestling work. He's figured it out. He knows the formula. Like, it doesn't matter how. You know, I get it. Again, I'll say it, and I don't have a problem with, you know, having that debate. I get the question of, well, why not have a younger guy? Sure, that makes sense. But looking at what you have with Jericho, you have a guy that can move your company to that next level and actually do it really easily and and not really hurt anybody in the process. It's gold. I I don't... I don't think it's so much that he's going to move you forward, right? Because I think as a company, if you if you play the long game with AEW, which you should, the company is going to move forward on its own. What you get with Chris Jericho, right? Unlike anybody else currently wrestling today, 
day, okay, mm-hmm. is pound for pound the most, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, uh, uh, I want to say rewarded. Uh, uh, most, uh, he's held the most titles than anybody else. Right? So, I'm not talking all just world world titles here. I'm talking like different titles. And to me, it gives that title so much more credibility than any of these young guys could have given it. And you went quiet again. No, I'm here. I was listening to you. <laughs> I was here. Stop it, man! Kill me! <laughs> Scared him. That's it. We're going. We're going to video. Don't so leave me. <laughs> I think. But, but do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think that so there's just so much you gain with a guy like him. Yeah, you're literally you literally have the very first ever what was it unified WWF unified world champion or whatever undisputed. There we go. Undisputed. Literally, plus the the world titles he's held and the 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 lower tier belts he's had, and God Jericho goes back to early nineties, mm-hmm. late eighties, early nineties in the business, probably. Uh, late 80, um, eighty-nine is when he started. Okay, so late 80s, early 90s, so he has all that knowledge and, uh, you know, he knows how to push buttons and I think I think Jericho, as much as I would like to have seen page one, Jericho, if you, if you use your brain, is, is the guy that should have got it, at least the first one. What do you think about him possibly, uh, you know, him going against uh, Cody Rhodes at the next pay-per-view? Well, that's already already booked, I think. Well, Cody apparently has commented that it could change because Jericho has a title defense between now and then. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just teasing that Jericho may lose on TV mm-hmm. uh, somewhere down the line. To I don't I don't know I don't know who his next opponent is. Um, see, uh, now, a I'm gonna have to keep track of the stupid standings in the AEW now. <laughs> the win loss records are gonna mean something, bro. God. Remember this. Last, <laughs> I just realized that. Um, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's hard to say who that person could be. Um. So I guess there's a chance he could lose between now and then, but I don't think so. I think he's going to hold that title probably into the into the new year. I think it'll wind up being Jericho and probably Omega somewhere down the line, and I think Omega will get it. Makes sense. I mean, I think feel like they would – have benefited by putting Omega in a, in a better position, but I kind of like the idea of what, what they're trying to let unfold here. So I'll, I'll let it play out. We'll see how it rolls. So before we close up, I said we'd do it. We might as well throw them out there. Let's go ahead and do our predictions for Class of Champions. 
and then we will end this mug and head on out. All right. Ready? So, yes, yes, no, 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 yes, no, yes. Wow. Um, I I didn't write any of that down, so let's do it in order here and start. Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan. Uh, oh. By the way, worst storyline ever. You could have had no. Daniel Bryan. No, it's not. Could have had Daniel Bryan. No, you get Eric Rowan. Sorry. <laughs> and no, this is not the worst storyline ever. This may just be the worst with Eric Rowan. Yeah. It's pretty bad. Um, uh, I guess Roman? Uh, dare I say it, Eric. Ooh. Okay. All right. And, 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 and the reason why I think you're building towards uh, Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan feud, and I think the way to start it off is with Eric beating Roman with outside interference by the guy that is so honest Hey, you know, he cannot tell a lie. Daniel Bryan. Yeah, he can't tell a lie. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he—I think he'll help. Or the other, the other Eric Rowan. We'll, oh no! We'll get <laughs> that was, that was, yeah, that's awful. And, All right. and, and, and hold on. At least we forget that there is talk of Bray getting a new tag team partner, and Eric maybe going back to the tag team division. So it's hard to say. Jeez. Luke Harper could come in there. I don't know. Oh, there you go. But I'm, Wide family reborn. I'm going there. Eric Rohn. Cruiserweight championship on the line. Drew Gulak defending against Lince Dorado and Umberto Carrillo. Uh, Wait. Two of them? Yep. Half Lucha House, or a third of Lucha House Party rule? That <laughs> Well, it's one third of Lucha House Party. I don't know if the rules come into play. Oh, so this uh, triple threat? Yes. Ooh. <clears throat> okay. I'm ready. Is this on the pre-show? Uh, yeah, probably. All right. We're going to say Lince Dorado. Oh, okay. Lince Dorado. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay safe and say Gulak. All right. 2019 King of the Ring Finals. Final match in the 16th. That we tournament. don't know yet. Yep. So Do we know? We've got the winner of Samoa Joe and Ricochet versus Baron Corbin, taking on the winner of Elias and Jet in Chad Gable. Wait. So when does? I thought it was a triple threat now. So the semifinal Joe. is Samoa Joe, Ricochet, and Baron Corbin on Raw. Okay. And then right. on SmackDown, it's Elias versus Chad Gable. I will point this out: SmackDown had a tremendous matchup between Andrade and Chad Gable. You owe it to yourself to try to track that match down. It was great. Um, hmm. So I guess we got to do a, do a twofer. We pick the semifinals and then the finals. Uh, well, why don't we just jump to the finals? All make right. it and make it better. Now you got to now you got five people to pick from. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, cool. Because um, if you pick the winner, that shows what match that you you know you see what I'm saying. I got you. I got you. Well, then I'm going to pick Chad Gable. Ooh. Wow. Unbelievable. Hit a shock the uh, shock the world. Shock in the world. Yeah, I'm going to go with Samoa Joe. Okay. Even though something tells me 
somebody else is going to get it. I'm going to I'm going to go with mine. <laughs> Way to go, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Heenan with the I got my money on him, but it could be one of the other four. <laughs> Hey, I gotta, yeah, I gotta play my cards. Yeah, I gotta play. <laughs> WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross defending against Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Uh, can I just say that, as much as I like all four, I would probably not watch this match. <laughs> I'm just not interested in it. There's no reason. Uh. Let's say Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Let's do a title change. Why not? Let's get crazy. Well, I don't think it's that crazy. I'm going with uh, Mandy and Sonya too. I just, I, I actually, I well, I like Sonya Deville. I think she's could be the future once they figure it out. <laughs> whoever's in charge of that silly future. Yeah, whoever's in charge. SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Big E and Xavier Woods take on the Revival. Uh, Xavier Woods has been out for two weeks, three weeks actually, since uh, the Revival dropped the chair on his leg or dro- dropped it on his leg with the chair. Um, Big E got beat down last week by Randy Orton and then the Revival. So they're going in damaged goods. I think the Revival wins this one. It does not say that this is a title match. But if it is, if it is, I'm saying the revival. Mm, I'm going to say New Day. Okay. Next up. And it's, it's simply because it's so hard to get the tag titles off of them. That's a fair point. I mean, you got to find like a... a dynamic opponent, but you also got to find like a dramatic way to do it, too. So that makes yeah. sense. Uh, Intercontinental Championships, Shinsuke Nakamura defending against The Miz. Um, Nakamura re- recently partnering with Sami Zayn. Not sure why. But uh, they have conspired to lay out The Miz the past few weeks. Uh, I think Shinsuke defends easily here. I think The Miz gets suckered. They're going to continue to let the Miz just take a beating until he finally turns bad again. Mm. I'm going to Miz. Like new champ. I think he'll pull it off. Uh, probably just the win. I don't think they'll take the title, but I think he'll get the win. Sammy will get caught or something cheating. All right. SmackDown Women's Champion, hey, and newly remaining loyal to Sasha Banks, Bailey defending against Charlotte Flair. Uh, Brian alluded to it earlier. I have to agree. I think Bailey wins because now if you put her in this position, you absolutely have to make a way for her to stay stay on fire, quote unquote. So I think it's Bailey. Yeah. So I'm. I'm gonna I'm gonna play uh, the stand grub and we're gonna do the double turn into a triple turn and Bailey is gonna remain champion. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. I did. I am so confused. Raw women's yeah, champion. So everybody else. Yeah, right. <laughs> Raw women's champion Becky Lynch defends against Sasha Banks. Um now, this one I'm actually looking forward to because I, I think these two will actually have a great matchup. And 
I wouldn't be surprised if Sasha came away with the belt. Same. Moving on. Moving on to the next one. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman for the Universal title. Um, This is one of two title matches for both guys. I think that Rollins is coming away with a victory, but I'm going to throw in a side prediction to this and say that Rollins goes to the club before the end of the night. Which match was this? This Rollins and who? Rollins and Braun. Oh, Lord have mercy. I... Oh, man. Um, and this is before the tag match? Isn't there a tag match? Well, it again, the way they have the cards structured, I don't really know for facts, but this is what we have so far, and they've got the tag match after. After. Oh. That would be funny. <laughs> yeah. This, it, all right, so this... We... <laughs> If it was reversed, if this would kind of be easy, but the way with the singles first, because I think Braun, Braun would probably this might be Braun's night. Wow! So you think maybe Braun wins and then loses the tag titles or leaves Seth hanging? No, no, no. Um, I just, I think. Yeah. Again, to me, it's just the placement of this. Yeah, I like it better if, if to pick the tag title first and then the singles. But because uh, the singles, I just, I mean, I understand that Seth has beat Lesnar, but Braun is an entirely different beast. Yeah, definitely. Right? And I just don't know. I can't quite picture Seth beating Braun. So this is where I say I think Braun wins his first world title, which will then come into play in the tag match later down the road. So later then, that night, yeah. So we get to the Raw Tag Team Championship where Seth and Braun defend against a team that actually I really like: Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, Robert Roode. Excuse me. Um, I'm honestly I'm going to say Ziggler and Roode win the belts. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, I, I again, no matter how the the singles match plays out, the ramifications will will if that's if indeed the tag match is second, mm-hmm. will play out in the tag match. And we've got Randy Orton challenging the WWE champion Kofi Kingston. Um, you know, Orton has been beating this. The crap out of Kofi every twist and turn he can, and Kofi has—we've seen him go off. We've seen him hit Randy with chairs the whole nine. So there's definitely a layout here, a setup. I'm gonna say Kofi Kingston because I just don't think it's time to take the belt off of him yet. Not that I don't want to see a new champ, but I just don't think it's Randy Orton. Yeah, I I agree. I think Kofi stays champ till WrestleMania. Mm, okay. And uh, we'll save who we think is going to be that guy for another show. That's uh, Clash of Champions this coming Sunday. Um, I'd say it's about a 50-50 shot that we record while watching Clash of Champions. I don't know what the the fellas have lined up, but we might do that. Yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, You know. Let's let's go back to, you know, again, we talked about maybe doing the old, old stuff. Yeah. 
So, maybe. Yeah. And plus, it's we're probably going to need something to do to keep us entertained. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I have a feeling that show is honestly going to suck. Um, okay. <laughs> well, as always, hey, thank you so much for listening to us. We definitely appreciate it. Please continue to check out the website at uh, c2cradioshow.com. That's c2cradioshow.com. Uh, you can always catch up with us as far as downloads through the website and also through Spreaker.com directly. You can hear our replays on beyondringside.com. And you can follow Rob at Rob Hefner C2C on Twitter, Rob Hefner on Facebook, and RDHUWP on Instagram. See, I got all of his done all at one time. This is all nicely laid out there. The show can be found at C2C Radio Show. And, of course, I gave you the website. It's Corner 2 Corner on Instagram. Although, uh, we don't really have a lot of pictures up on Corner to Corner. Maybe we should start putting more up there. I know what I'll do. Yeah. We'll start doing our crate pictures on there too I thought you already put them up there uh, they're on the website but I was talking about the Instagram I think I'll put them oh yeah, too. yeah. I, I think we should fire the social media guy we should he's an asshole <laughs> let's drag him outside and beat the shit out of him <laughs> you, can, you can follow Brian on Twitter at strcp21 and Brian Taylor on Facebook Follow myself at Stan Grubb on Twitter, Stan Grubb on Facebook, Stan Grubb on Instagram. And that is that. That's going to do it for us here over at the C2CRadioShow.com studios. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next week for Clash of Champions and all the hijinks and madness that ensues. Have a great night, everybody. That's Jeffrey. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.